Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my partner in crime, my trusty sidekick. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Dalala. Phil, thanks for having me today, and thanks for giving me my own mic. Yes, you're welcome. You've graduated to be able to hold your own mic. Eric, we're in the Pat Bowling Fieldhouse, a new setting here for The Neutral Zone. It's kind of nice. A lot of space. Big office for the podcast studio. Yeah, this is a big studio. We had to come over here because we're hiding from the rest of the football team because we're going to talk about some sensitive topics today, like the quarterback competition. We don't want anybody to hear us. You know, if we're back in the main part of the facility, we might say something. Drew might open the door and just, like, hit Eric in the face. (laughs) That's right. So, Neutral Zone Nation, we need you to keep this between us. We're going to take a deep dive. Yeah. We're going to tell you what you need to know. Exactly. Which you, you might not want to hear it, but you need to know it. I think that we'll talk about the quarterback competition. We'll talk about expectations for Teddy and this team now. But I also want to dive into a little bit the fan reaction. Ooh. Because we posted a video right after the news came out. It got like a thousand comments. And yeah. like the people were very upset. They were really mad. And you know, I like to read all the comments. So that took up the rest of my day. Hey, you didn't do anything else. I was. I was like, there's too many comments. I can't keep up. Yeah. Nothing about my hair, though. So that was kind of disappointing. No. Yeah. Somebody said something mean about me, but that's okay. I can take it. Yeah, you can take it. I cannot. Yeah. 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 But at least you got comments about your haircut. That's true. Several. People like the haircut. He said I looked like Drew Locke. Um, uh, Before we continue on with the show, though, what happened last week? Where were you? Phil, last week was a busy week. It was a busy week. And... um, we had to push the neutral zone a couple of times. We were planning out our new post-game show. Hopefully everybody caught that. Yeah. DenverBroncos.com, YouTube. The YouTube page. Based on the views, you probably all saw it. But, Phil, we, we were planning to record Saturday morning before Seattle, or Friday morning Friday before morning. Seattle. And then the great uh, security mishap of 2021 at DIA forced me to leave for my flight about four hours early. So I was pod- just sitting here. The pod- <laughs> In our new studio, I was like, we got the new studio. Maybe Eric didn't get the memo about the new studio. And I sat here probably for like five, six hours. The podcast got left behind and some people were not happy. John Jornod was not happy. He said that he didn't realize how much he enjoyed the show, how much it was part of his normal weekly routine. And we let him down. We let down NZ Nation, really. Yeah, and we apologize to all of you. They they do say you don't really know what you've got until it's gone. So hopefully you appreciate us a little bit more now. And John, I will say in his email to us, he said, you disappeared because you realized I was right about Drew Locke, that Drew Locke's (laughs) going to start. John, unfortunately, that's not the case. We hope you keep listening anyway. A lot of fans and probably a lot of NZ Nation really in that Drew Locke camp. And uh, we're going to just sort of dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So, And then we'll also uh, have an interview with Jonathan Cooper. Probably outside of the quarterback competition might be the biggest story of camp. This guy had a heart, you know, had to have three, four heart procedures this offseason. He says it's three and a half. That's what he okay. said. That's what, he, as you'll find out in the interview here. But you know, his football career was almost done. Yeah. Uh, and you know, all these teams find out about this heart defect that he's got right before the draft. And so maybe teams don't want to take a chance on him. The Broncos do in the seventh round. I don't think that he was expecting to go in the seventh round. And he shows up here, and now he's sacking quarterbacks. <laughs> That's right. And and he's kind of an interesting story, even without the heart issue, because. When he was at Ohio State, he wasn't that productive of a player. You know, kind of a five-year senior, played all different spots. Like was a kind captain of a, kind was, of guy. Yeah, he was like yeah. A, but kind of like a journeyman in terms of his role. He was never like that 15-sack guy. And so the fact that you show up in the NFL and you've got a strip sack and another sack in your second preseason game, this kid can play, Phil. I saw some comments. People are like, they're, they're they're buying the Jonathan Cooper stock, saying this guy could be the long-term Von Miller replacement. Von Miller was even buying into it, yeah. talking about Ohio State guys. They just know how to play football. That's true. So uh, that comment caught Ohio State caught guys, Northwestern, Wildcat guys. Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah, those three schools really kind of the holy trinity exactly. of college football. Yeah, if you watched the game last week on uh, My 20, Chad Brown was on. Yeah, that's a CU buff. That's, that's my true. guy. Yeah. yeah, so no cats anymore on this roster. Yeah, maybe my one bone to George. pick with George Payton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Chad. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. So we'll have a, a Jonathan Cooper interview, and then we'll talk about who this final, th this third preseason game, who is it most important for? You know, who needs to really uh, shine here to ensure that they've got a roster spot? Yeah. You used mean, to have four games. Now you got to be able to do it in three. Well, and it'll be a little interesting because the starters, it sounds like, are going to play at least a little bit. And so some of these, you know, previously in the fourth preseason game, those end-of-the-roster guys, they got every snap. Yep. It, they're not going to get quite as many snaps this week, it sounds like, so got to make the most of them. Eric, and then a special treat here on this episode. A treat? For we'll, me? We've got some voicemails to oh, play. Oh, let's go. It's been a while since we've gotten to the uh, uh, comments a well. from the from NZ Nation here, but we've got them today. We've got some somebody left a five-part voicemail, Eric. <laughs> he did. It was 15 minutes long. It was 15 minutes long, and we're going to air all of it. Maybe not, Stay but tuned. We'll, we'll, we'll have a little bit of a tease. So It could be like a special episode we release, just the voicemails. Yeah. Exactly. That could be nice. That would oh, be yeah. more than one hour, though. Yeah, that's true. If you're saying, what the heck, these guys play voicemails, yeah. yes. Leave one yourself. Tell us how you feel about the quarterback competition, 707 Neutral. Yeah, that's right. Or, Phil, you could leave an email, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. That could be nice. That could be really nice. Hit don't, us up. Don't worry, Rick. We're getting, to the, <laughs> we're getting to the football. We're almost done. Hit us up on Twitter, at Eric Dalala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH, of course. Uh, Non-traditional spellings. Yeah. Thank you. Or just leave a comment here on YouTube if you're watching. Yeah. You're like, what's this studio? Maybe you're driving to work, okay, and you're like, new studio? I got to see what this looks like. You put it, it on is. YouTube and then leave a comment below. Yeah, smash the subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. Eric, we also had some ideas here, oh. uh, some the kind of outside-the-box ideas. Yeah. One of them was, what if we took the neutral zone on the road Maybe we did, like, a live performance. Do you think people would like that? That could be nice. Yeah, Phil, we were thinking not not far on the road, but in Denver. Yes, in Denver, Maybe yes. go to a nice little brewery or something like that, get an episode yeah. cooking. Some yeah. of you all could come out and join us. Let us know. Some questions. Would, you, would you show up for something like that? Yeah, would you show could up be, and show out? Yeah. Could, let us know. Like, if that's something serious, we'll take the Neutral Zone show out on the road. Not, we don't have the budget to go around the country, but... But in oh, we Denver, could. we could get some, <laughs> maybe an off-season. Yeah, us. maybe an off-season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other idea I had was T-shirts, Eric. Yeah, that's right. Neutral zone T-shirts. But we need you, we need a saying for the yeah. back of the shirt. So if you know... What, what are your favorite sayings yeah, what, what that we do? What saying the neutral yeah. zone should have on the was, back of a T-shirt? Like, let us know that, too. Like uh, maybe like my everything. That's right. Right on the back of the T-shirt. Maybe like um, non-traditional spellings. Yeah. Hello. Hello. That's that's for that's an oldie, but that's, a goodie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So don't forget that one. Exactly. So maybe we'll have some t-shirts. Maybe we can give them out of the game. It could be nice. This is called uh, what kind of marketing was it? Gorilla marketing. Gorilla marketing. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, maybe uh, maybe some special treats coming up later on. But uh, Eric, let's just dive in. Let's dive <laughs> into time. our main topic here. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater named the Broncos starting quarterback. He won the competition. It wasn't something that was just the two preseason games. It, this started in the off season, all the way through training camp, all the practices. Vic Fangio on Wednesday this week feeling confident enough to move forward with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and Phil, I think it all comes down to what does this team need right now? And this team, we, we heard this the very first day of training camp from Joe Ellis, this team needs to win. This team needs to get away from these losing seasons. You know, it doesn't necessarily need a Super Bowl win this year, but it needs to get back to the playoffs. It needs to taste winning again to get kind of the bad, the bad mojo that's in the facility from the last couple losing seasons. And Teddy Bridgewater can be that guy. Now, is he going to go out and lead this team to a 15-2, a 16-1 record? Probably not. That'd be a tough ask for any quarterback. But the way he plays, his pocket awareness, being able to avoid sacks, uh, having some critical third down or fourth down conversions, being able to get the ball to Jerry Judy in space, those are all things that lead me to believe that he can get this roster to 10 or 11 wins and get you into the playoffs. And I get that every fan wants to – I've talked about this a lot over the last few years. Every fan wants to go from 5-11 and 11 to Super Bowl contender, and I get that. And there were some moves this offseason maybe you could have made that, that could have done that. But for most teams, you have to build. And so for the Broncos to take a step in the right direction, get to 10-7, and 7, get back in the playoffs, that would be great. And I think Teddy Bridgewater can do that. I mean, the way the roster is built, though, if they get good quarterback play, they could – uh, not just make the playoffs, but maybe even win a couple of games in the playoffs. Who yeah, knows certainly. what happens? Single elimination tournament. 
Eric. So maybe some surprises could happen. But, yeah, I mean, I just think that if you look at this Broncos team, if the way that it's built, the way this team is going to win games is really good defensive play and on offense, get the ball to your playmakers. Just get the ball to Jerry Judy and let him create. Air it out to K.J. Hamler and let him do his thing. Get the ball to Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Albert O, all these guys. Hand it off to Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. And Teddy Bridgewater has shown that he can really do that. He can execute this offense the way that this coaching staff wants them to do it. And, you know, when I look at the competition overall, you know, Vic Fangio on Wednesday said this was a case where two quarterbacks played really well and you just had to pick one. It wasn't like one really outplayed the other. It wasn't like both underperformed. He said both guys played really well and he just had to pick Teddy. When I look at the quarterback competition, I'm sort of like, Teddy's been who we thought Teddy would be. You know, he, he's been exactly at least who I thought he would be. I think the bigger question was, okay, how much better is Drew Locke? How much more improved has he been? And let's see, let's, let's wait to just see. And then once we have a good idea of, okay, let's see what kind of steps Drew Locke made. Is that better than what Teddy provides? And the answer now is no. Yeah. And I know that must be tough for, especially people who have been in Drew Locke's corner to hear because, Vic Fangio said on uh, Wednesday, Drew's gotten better in every area of his game. He's better at uh, throwing the football accuracy-wise. He's better with his footwork. He's better at reading defenses. And this competition was super, super close. And so I can understand the reaction of, well, if it's super close and Drew's better and Drew has this upside and he's younger, why not go with Drew? Well, to me, there's a couple answers. One, I think watching, there is a little bit of separation. Teddy, I think, has been more consistent over the course of training camp and these preseason games processes things a little bit quick more quickly some things kind of have gone wrong operationally when drew lock has been out there at times and so that's that's one reason and then the other thing like you mentioned i just don't know that there's you see the jump at times but consistency wise i don't know if that's still there for drew and maybe he gets there at some point but you cannot lose, especially this year. If you want to make the playoffs, you you probably have to go three and zero, two and one in the first three games mm-hmm. against the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. Teddy Bridgewater will not lose you those games, and unfortunately, the thing that has plagued Drew Locke is turnovers. And I don't know, based on what I've seen in camp and in the preseason, that that's gone away. Here, here's a little stat that our friend Ben Swanson oh. came up with. He's still trying out. He's still trying out, but this is a good stat. This is a a check mark in his He's like, hey, do you guys want to use this? I looked this up. I spent all night researching this, and we'll use it. So uh, more than 27% of Drew Locke's starts, he's had at least two interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater, in his 49 career starts, 14% of those games has had two interceptions. And and then if you kind of look at it, Teddy Bridgewater is also better – uh, in terms of games throwing no interceptions, I, I know you'll you've kind of a counterpoint here that Drew Locke has more games with multiple touchdowns yeah. than Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater is not going to wreck the game for you. You can throw an interception, you can survive. You can lose one possession, you'll be okay. When that snowballs and all of a sudden you've turned it over a couple times, that means you could lose a game that you have to win to stay in playoff contention. Like like say you're say you're in a close game at home with the Ravens. And that ends up being the deciding factor. And you turn it over a couple times against a good football team like that, you're not going to win. And so I can understand wanting to go with the guy that's just going to kind of be the smart play. He's a veteran for a young offense uh, and go that direction. And some people will say it's safe. It's also smart, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, like I think when I look at Drew, Drew's game, you know, he, he was asked, okay, where did you improve the most? He said pre-snap. Knowing, having a plan with the ball pre-snap, saying, okay, I'm going to go here. If the defense does this, I'll have to react, but this is my plan. He said that's where he really focused on and really tried to get better on. You know, and, and when I think about Drew's game, I have seen him get better in that area, but, but some of the other things that I wanted to see a jump in, I haven't quite seen that. And, and for me, it's being the same person every single day. And, you know, when you watch that Minnesota game and he goes out there and, you know, goes deep to KJ, he's got two touchdowns, he's riding high. We knew Drew can do that. 
You know, he he did that even as a rookie, you know, and that Texans game really played well. In that fourth quarter last year against the Chargers, played really well. That game in Carolina played really well. And so I was like, okay, we knew that Drew could do that. Let's see what he can do in, in game number two. And he went out there. That first drive did not go the way he wanted it to couple sacks three and out I was really interested okay is he going to be able to like put that stuff behind him and still be able to like really move the ball and score touchdowns you could sense that he was getting frustrated you know and things just like kind of they were able to do a nice little two minute thing there where they kicked a field goal but like you could just sense that he wasn't the same guy he was against the Vikings a week earlier and that to me is where Teddy really excels where He's been the same person every single day coming out here. Of course, he has a, he has like a better day, worse day, but it's not it's not so drastic. And for this Broncos team, they need that consistency. And we haven't really seen Teddy fail in games yet for the Broncos. But what I've seen in practice is that he could have a bad set of reps. Maybe he has three to five plays where there's a couple incompletions or there's a false start penalty or it doesn't go quite his way. What you tend to see is that as practice goes on, he rebounds from that. And it, he doesn't let one bad series snowball. Yeah, snowball to impact an entire practice. And you hope that carries over to a game. And listen, Phil, he played. I know people don't like this because Carolina didn't have the success at the beginning of the season. But he played well at the quarterback spot to begin last year before his injury. Obviously, he was very good as a young quarterback his second year in Minnesota and and other than that we just don't really know a whole lot about Teddy I mean for a guy that's been in the league this is his eighth season only 49 starts I mean you just in only two of those years were really as the starting guy that's just not a lot of information to go off of and so you hope that in a game scenario he's able to do that I think he will kind of be able to stabilize because that's really what I think is important. You go three and out once. You can't go three and out three times in a row, or you can't go an entire quarter without scoring. And, and so to me, that's that's what's important. I think Teddy Bridgewater can bring that to this team. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I guess that's a, a nice transition here into what are some expectations now here that the Broncos have named Teddy Bridgewater the starting quarterback. We know how crucial that opening stretch of the season is. What are the expectations for Teddy? You know, uh, what what does he need to do to say, okay, the Broncos made the right choice here? Yeah, make the playoffs. I mean, if the Broncos make the playoffs and if they win a playoff game or two, I think we're going to be sitting here at this time next year and be talking about Teddy Bridgewater potentially having another opportunity to lead this team. Or, you know, maybe that's who knows what happens. Maybe another veteran becomes available or you draft a guy and um, Teddy kind of serves as that. Who knows? But if you make the playoffs, he's at least put himself in that conversation. And here's, I think, how he does it, Phil. To me, everyone focuses on touchdown to interception ratio. That's important, but. I don't expect Teddy to go out there and throw for 27, 28 touchdowns because that's not who he's been in his career. I think if he throws 20 touchdowns and 8 to 10 picks and even has a 2 to 1 ratio like that, that'd be pretty good. But what's more important to me, Phil, is can the Broncos be in the top half of the league in third down conversions? Can they be in the top half of the league in scoring touchdowns in the red zone the Broncos are gonna have to be really good situationally because they're going to be in a lot of close games and so if you can do that with Teddy under center and he can make those important throws that to me is good enough quarterback play to to get done what you need it's not you don't have to throw 35 touchdowns to be an effective NFL quarterback it helps certainly that's that's what's going to put you in that 15 and 2 conversation but his if you had a 20 and 10 inter- touchdown interception ratio but but you were successful in the red zone you were successful on third down you can win 10 or 10 or 11 12 games that way so you're looking at more as team success hey that's going to be more reflective of whether or not Teddy was the right choice here yeah i mean i think that if teddy goes out, because the, the reason i say that is because this this team hinges on the quarterback position this is not a situation where the defense is bad and it's like okay well Teddy played well but the defense is so bad that it gave up a late score or a bunch of points and it's not like Teddy played well but there's no weapons around him the rest of this roster is really good and so yeah to me it is it's dependent on the quarterback to have team success and so if there is team success that means he's probably 
done enough. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think that if if the a two to one ratio, I think is nice. Maybe like a little more than twenty, I would say would be okay. I feel good about the decision here, but I, I completely agree. If this team can start out three and one and just feel some confidence and keep that that kind of momentum going throughout the season, uh, people are going to feel a lot better about this decision. They're going to say, okay, this was this was the right move here. Uh, I, I think that for Teddy, just get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Just give them a chance. And I think that a guy like Jerry Judy is probably pretty happy about this decision. Yeah, because he's coming across the middle and he's open, and Teddy Bridgewater has had a great connection with him since the day he showed up, yeah. really, at UCL Training Center. Uh couple other things I'll judge success by. Teddy's been so good in the pocket, not getting sacked, being aware of when Tom to Brady. get... Exactly. <laughs> when to get rid of the ball. That can change games for the Broncos. Even if it's just a throwaway or being able to step up, run for a few yards. We saw that against the uh, the Vikings there in Minnesota. Teddy ran for a touchdown that ended up being called back, but mm-hmm. great awareness of when to... He's, he's shown a good... Uh, Awareness of when to step up and throw versus when to step up and take off down the field. Crafty. Ex- Ooh. Yeah. A wily veteran. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing, of course, is can he stay healthy? Because, you know, he missed, he's missed some time during his career. Obviously, he had that, the big injury, um, but I think he missed a couple games last year, if I'm correct. Well, he got hurt last year, and then that's when things started yeah. to sort of tail off for him. And, and so. Can he stay 100%? Can he stay healthy? Because not that I – I wouldn't feel worried necessarily if Drew Locke came in because I do agree that he's a – he might be the best backup quarterback in the NFL now. Like, <laughs> he's, he's more than capable of stepping in. But I just think for this team to get to where you need to go, you want the same starter every week to build some consistency, not have to worry about all that kind of drama that goes with your quarterback being hurt. And so that haven't that has not happened for the Broncos since 2014. Yeah, where the same quarterback started every single game. I do think that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, 2017 was a little different. 2018, I believe, Case Keenum started every game. Did he? I don't I think believe, so. I believe so. I'll fact check here Ooh. in a second. But uh, 2017 that happened because that was not injury related. That was performance related. With Trevor Simeon, yes. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, all performance related. Well, I thought Trevor got a little dinged up there, too, at one point. Toward the end, but they'd already made the change. Some change, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the the hope is that you have the same guy here for 17 games because that's what's going to make you successful. Anytime your starter, your leader, especially if you start, like, 3-1 and or something like that and then you lose the guy for a couple weeks, it's tough to just, I think, get back in that flow. I think especially since Teddy and Drew sort of played different different style yep. i mean the personnel groupings are a little bit different uh out there eric are you looking up the stat i am i'm I looking it up right now thank no, you i'm just sending a text want, message yeah well i just never know sometimes you just kind of snooze you doze off a little when bit talk, when yeah. i start talking yeah but yeah i mean teddy won this job so you want him to play yeah uh so i think that that's uh that's just sort of you want that continuity at the quarterback position but yeah i think that if the broncos can start out hot and uh continue to roll and keep going then I think that uh, you'll just feel a lot better about the the decision and say, okay, this team is winning, this team is in the mix. I feel comfortable looking back at it and saying that they made the right choice. If they struggle out of the gate, those rumors, those the maybe some noise from outside, they're going to say it's time we go back to Drew. That kind of thing. You just don't want to get into that situation. Yeah. I mean, first fact check: Keenum did start all sixteen games in twenty eighteen. It was a I nice try that. at a I start. Forgot, I forgot but, that. Um, some of those years just all kind of blend yeah, together for they me. Do. My, my apologies. No, I, let's say Teddy stays healthy. There are not many games on the schedule that I don't think are winnable. You know, I, I look at... If he if he stays losable he, or aren't winnable. Aren't winnable. I think you said there's not many games that are winnable. Correction, there's not many games that are not winnable. Got it. Those first three, like I said, I think you can go 3-0 and very realistically. The Ravens and Steelers, those are tough games. I think you can win both of those. You know, the Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, you can get a couple of those. So you, you go through the schedule. I mean, there's some hard games. Thursday night at Cleveland is going to be a really tough game. At Kansas City, at the Chargers, who I think is going to be a good team. I know you're not sold on Justin Herbert, but... <laughs> That's not true. I just said Somewhat, there might be some... Uh, true. And I'm sold on him. I'm just saying uh, a coaching change could make things... It's true. I'm no, just interested. Yeah, to see. You don't have I'm not, to be sold I mean, on him. Not, just, I am sold on okay. him. Okay. 
I'm not crazy person. You're the crazy one who thinks he shouldn't have been rookie of the year. That's true. I do feel that way. <laughs> that was a bad decision by the voters. Um, but like the the other side of it, say you start somehow, things go poorly, you lose in New York. Uh, there's a trap game on the East Coast against the the Jaguars. It's hot out there. You lose that one. You come home and you lose to the Ravens, and you're sitting at one and three. At that point, or the next week, one and four, to make a change. Well, and at that point, why not make a change? Because at that point, you're you're again in the situation where the playoffs may not seem realistic. Then you say, Drew, this is your one last chance to one save a playoff season and two prove that you can be the guy. And then at the end of the year, you're either bad and in position to go get a guy the next year, or Drew Locke has taken that step, and you say, okay, well. We're glad Drew got that opportunity, but yeah, I wouldn't. I hope and I think that they're they're going to start strong, but if you don't, then I, I do think it's fair to go to Drew pretty early. I wouldn't wait until like week ten to go back to Drew. I, if if you're sitting there with one or two wins and you've got five six losses, it doesn't make sense. Go yeah. go with Drew. Uh, let's transition into talking about a little bit of Drew Lock here. Uh, first of all. Must have been a terrible day, a sickening day for him uh, just to like he, – he even mentioned it. He said to get that news and then go into the team meeting, that's a terrible feeling, especially when he was a guy all last year. He's been the guy his entire life essentially, you know, high school, college, first start of his NFL career here. So I do feel bad for him. Great that he came out and met the media and uh, faced some of those questions. I thought his opening statement was really strong. Um, but, Eric, what I want to talk about is the fan response here to the decision. For some reason, a lot of people comment, uh, Drew won this job in training camp, even though they haven't been out at training camp watching him. Uh, they feel like maybe uh, – Drew played better in the games, and um, uh, the reason why he didn't get the job was because he, the offensive line, you know, there's some conspiracy theories that they let him get sacked. Uh, what I'm wondering is why are fans so strong in his corner, and why can't they just trust the decision here? Well, I mean, I think the reason. Those are two different answers, I guess. The reason I'll start with the the can't trust the decision. It's because this team hasn't been very good the last couple of years, mm. and so you just kind of, I think you go into a season if if you believe something strongly, and they go the other way, whether that's not drafting Justin Fields or Mac Jones, or whether that's not being able to trade for one of these veteran quarterbacks. You just kind of assume that things are going to go wrong, and so, and that's probably going to be the feeling until this team starts winning again. And I I understand that. I I don't like all the vitriol that Teddy Bridgewater got or that this coaching staff got or the organization got for making the choice. But I do understand that fans are frustrated and that maybe goes into why Drew Locke was such a popular choice is because he represents the possibility of getting back to competing for Super Bowls. And right now, and and maybe it's understandable, people don't think Teddy can do that. He's got to prove that he can get you to championship level football, championship caliber football. But fans, for whatever reason, think that Drew could be that guy. He's got that potential. He's got that upside. That's the same reason that you you fall in love with a quarterback in the draft, a Justin Fields or a Mac Jones, is you think he's got upside. He could be that long-term guy. And I think fans here, because of the way the quarterback deal has gone the last few years, where Trevor Simeon in 2016, Case Keenum in 2018, Joe Flacco in 2019, a lot of short-term fixes. I think people are tired of the short-term fix. They want a, a long-term guy. You can buy their jersey. You can watch this guy uh, kind of grow up and develop the way you did with John Elway, um, the way that the Chargers right now are with Justin Herbert, the Chiefs are with Patrick Mahomes. I think fans, you as a fan, I think you want that. You, you want to be able to, to have that. And so that's what Drew Locke represented. I think that's where all the kind of frustration comes from. But my counter to that, Phil, would be that three months ago, people were like, get rid of Drew Locke. And they were like, go with Fields and Mac Jones. And so, to me, that means it's not its not exactly about Drew. It's about the more wanting something long-term that's more stable. Yeah. It's just interesting to me because at one point, Teddy Bridgewater was that guy. In Minnesota, yeah. there was a feeling that he was going to take them back to the promised land. You know, and... Uh, 
the fact that people are just sort of dismissing that as a possibility for him is very interesting to me. And uh, I do think that there's some of that with the way the draft went down that maybe they said, okay, fine. The only way I could swallow this is if they believe Drew can take that next step and become that guy. Uh, I do think maybe there's some of that. And I also think maybe like his style of play, that gunslinger kind of play, go down the field. They like some of that i just think that it's been so fascinating to me because they've not been out of practice you know and they are just sort of trying to put these pieces together and then just dismissing that teddy's not going to be able to do it It, that was just uh, really interesting to me and people are like really upset about this Uh, like like really upset and that that kind of just struck me as odd and interesting well i i do think Anger, um, being upset, that's better than apathy. And one of, of the course. things you like about this fan base, you love about this fan base, is that they care. Because yeah. there are some fan bases that are they're checked out when they're not good. If you've missed the playoffs for five years, they've kind of just said, hey, I'm done with this. When they're good again, I'll, I'll tune back in. Broncos fan base is not like that. And so that's, no. that's appreciated. I, I will say one thing in Teddy's defense is that if Drew Locke stepped up and was better than he was last year he improved in every area uh, pat Shermer said you know he's miles ahead of where he was and teddy still and won teddy's the job. better than that that's a good sign yeah because drew Locke a few years ago went or two years ago went four and one as a starter and then last year toward the end of the year didn't have the wins but played pretty well and you end up you ended up five and eleven uh last year seven and nine the year before to me if there's a, a substantial significant step forward there in quarterback play that means that getting to 10, 11 wins shouldn't be out of the question at all. But I'll say this, Phil. As a Northwestern fan, I'm used to getting no respect ahead of the season. You're probably the same way as a CU fan. You're not going to get the respect you deserve. You've got to win to get respected. They're going to put Iowa ahead of Northwestern. They're going to put Nebraska ahead of them. They're going to put Indiana. This is now a Northwestern podcast. But this took an interesting. There's, there's we're a talking point, about Drew Locke. There's a point. There's a point here. This is about Teddy Bridgewater. Got it. Oh, okay. Got when it. Northwestern wins some games, they then end up in the top twenty-five when they've earned it. Teddy Bridgewater, when he goes out and starts three and one, I think people are going to wake up and say, "Hey, mm. this guy can be the guy. This guy can get us back to the playoffs. He's playing well. Let's get behind him." But he's going to have to earn it. It's not just going to be given to him here. And I, I think that's partially because he's viewed as a short-term fix he's got to prove that he can be the long-term guy and that's one thing that um busy press conference the other day didn't have a chance to get yeah. to that particular question but i think at some point teddy needs to be asked do you think you can be a multi-year starter here obviously we'll talk to him again before the regular season it'll be interesting to see what he has to say he said he wants to leave a an impact on the organization yeah. so an everlasting impact. yeah that's a lot what does one. that mean to you that means, that means a banner <laughs> behind us, Phil. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last thing I'll say about Drew Locke is, do you feel like he got a fair opportunity? Because I think that um, when you don't win a job like this, your your mindset can just go straight to negative town. Yeah. Where one way, we don't want to way ticket. There. Nobody wants to go over there. Hard to leave. Ne- not a lot of trains leaving negative town. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of one ways in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think there may be some people who think, okay, uh, he got hurt his rookie year. He played the five games, oh. played well. Okay. Then the COVID situation happened. No off season. Last year was kind of just a weird year. Even at the end of the year, you said he played a little bit better. And then everybody wants to make this comparison to Josh Allen, you know, and said, okay, well, it was really his third year where he made this jump. Do you think that Drew, one, do you think, okay, what's next for him here? How can he rejuvenate his career? And and two, do you think he got a fair shake at this? Uh, Because life in the NFL, it can come at you pretty fast. So you're asking not, did he get a fair chance during this training camp competition? Just in in general. In his career, did he get a fair chance? Exactly. Are they... Moving on from him, moving on in the sense that they've picked Teddy Bridgewater yeah. to win this. Did 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 they do that too fast? Uh, it's a difficult question. Well, let me say before we go to that, Josh Allen, an entirely different situation. In 2019, I was all aboard, as we entered 2020, all aboard the Josh Allen comparisons. But Josh Allen in year two got his team to the playoffs, and he played better than Drew Locke did last year. So while he, he took a jump, the the place he took a jump from was higher. Drew Locke has not led this team to the playoffs. And so 
to kind of assume that he's going to go crazy in year three is maybe a leap of faith that's a little bit too big. Do I think Drew Locke got the um, the ideal opportunity? No. Like you said, he, he hurt his thumb. I think he probably would have started earlier that year based on how things were going if he was healthy. Um, he had a COVID year. They fired Rich Scangarello, which I think consistency there in an offensive system that fit Drew Locke I think pretty well would have helped him. That's something that Josh Allen really benefited from yeah. in Buffalo. Same coaching staff consistency there. Yeah. So he they, he played well under Rich Gangrel. They decided to move on to Pat Shermer. Didn't have an offseason to install the offense. Um, he goes out, gets hurt very early in the season, kind of has like a, a few weeks where he's trying to get back into the game, doesn't go so well. And by the end of the season, you're already out of playoff contention. He's playing well, but you're losing. I mean, it's tough, but that's that's how life in the NFL goes now. I mean, yep. you have to show early that you are the guy. Tua Tagovailoa was, a, what, a top-five pick? Nice shot there. Thank you. Yeah, Apparently, it's Tagovailoa. I don't know. There's or, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get an angry letter. Yeah. Um, he started like half the season last year, and people were calling for them to draft a quarterback this year. So yep. you, it's not you don't get three or four years anymore to figure that out and maybe we're missing out on some of these quarterbacks but I also think that's just the nature of the league that you've got to prove it quickly you've got to be Justin Herbert you've got to be Joe Burrow where you show quickly you can be the guy you know if you're a Patrick Mahomes where you get a year to sit when you have the opportunity you've got to go do it and so it might not be fair but that's just the way life is and Drew Locke was drafted high enough he's shown enough I think that his NFL career is not done necessarily. This is not a, a Paxton Lynch scenario where I think he's going to be out of the league here. He, he's too talented for that. He's shown um, an aptitude to playing well that, that Paxton just didn't show during his time yep. here. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he starts a few games this year based on just the fact that quarterbacks do get injured. Um, if this team doesn't play well, he could start. And then if Teddy Bridgewater is a starter all year and plays well, he very well could go somewhere else where he gets a chance to start. So um, I, I don't think they're giving up on him too soon because this roster is too good to kind of go through this experiment again in the in the event that it doesn't work because his best games, Phil, have been against that Texans game, that Panthers game, bad defenses. We haven't seen him really excel against a top-level NFL defense. We haven't seen the, you know, people talk about the potential. I haven't seen that potential reached on a consistent basis. And so if there were some of those flashes, maybe you convince yourself one more year, let's try it one more time. But we haven't seen it. I know it hasn't been ideal, but he started 18 game, games, did get a little bit of a chance, um, and he's still here, could could still get that at some point. So, no, I don't think it's unfair, and, and I just want to touch on the training camp thing. This has not been rigged. You know, <laughs> there's been some uh, talk that, like, Vic Fangio didn't go for it on fourth down here or um, – you know, he let Teddy play more with the starters against the Seahawks than Drew did against the Vikings. Well, well, Drew got to go for a fourth down in Minnesota and threw an incomplete pass. If he completes that, you've got three touchdown drives on three drives, and now it's you know an even more impressive stat line. Um, in camp, they've gotten the same opportunities, the same number of reps, basically. Vic Fangio, it sounds like, has kept an open mind. Now, it does sound like they decided when it if it was going to be close, they were going to go with Teddy. But you just got to honor that decision. But I do think Drew was given every opportunity to prove that he could be the guy. Yeah, and when Teddy got in with the twos against the Vikings, he really made a lot of plays yeah. with Trinity Benson, right? Yep. So uh, Teddy did prove himself there. I just think it's easy to get down on Drew Locke a little bit just with the misfortunes of the injuries. He he even mentioned them the other day. He was like freak. I think he said they were freak injuries, things that have like never happened to him before. And so you're like, gosh, this guy's just had some bad luck. Like, even the other day in the game, he got stepped on. He was like, gosh, if I don't get stepped on in that situation, I don't fall over. Who knows what could happen? All of these things, you kind of start to say, woe is me. And I think that you could head down into a, a negative town. I agree with you, though, Eric. Wouldn't be surprised if he had a couple of shots here this season to come out and be a starter, really show what he can do. And, you know, I, I think that one thing we've learned in the NFL is that anything is possible. Nothing is permanent. 
you can go out and do spark something and they ride the hot hand. Like even Brock Osweiler came in in that 2015 season, played pretty well, and there was some debate on whether or not they should ride with him into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, so you just never know what's going to happen in this game. So let's just see see what what shakes out here uh, in this season. Yeah, that, that could be the most dramatic thing to happen this season is if Teddy starts the year well, gets hurt, has to miss a few weeks, Drew comes in and plays well, and you keep You're winning. right back in the same spot. And then, you you know, Teddy's healthy again. you got to decide who do we go <laughs> yeah. with. We're back to even Drama. Steven drama yeah. yeah pretty damn close yeah exactly yeah, we're right back to it so all right that's our luck here at what uh, happened with the quarterback situation how everything has shaken out i think that's enough talk i think we're ready to just put that in the past now and start to look forward to uh this uh 2021 season how about rip got himself a tut. good old rip got a tut yeah that was pretty nice that was nice we'll see but, what happens with him yeah maybe a practice, practice squad, squad i think yeah. yeah i think so so uh, let's go to uh, my interview now with Jonathan Cooper, the second biggest storyline, maybe. You know, I, I don't know, maybe the Garrett Bowles, Bradley Chubb thing, maybe, but I like the I like the Jonathan Cooper you story. You like the positivity. Yeah. What a story here. We uh, go all the way back to what happened pre-draft, and uh, he takes us up to what's happening right now. So let's get to that with Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan just wrapped up a long practice here in the afternoon heat, uh, and then you got some more work after that. Uh, what's your mindset right now? Uh, just keep getting better. It's, uh, just don't stop, you know. Like, I don't really like to listen to a lot of people just, like, ask my coaches and ask my teammates how I can get, get better and get extra work every single day, and I do that with Malik Reed every single day after practice. It seems like those guys are really taking you under their wing, you know, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed. How are they making you better? Man, they're doing everything they can, you know, whether it's like coaching up my stance, whether it's like hand placement or it's coaching me on my pass rush, even asking them about plays. Every question I have, I go to them and they always give me with a good answer. You know, I really rely on them and they've been a great, great mentors, great big brothers to me this whole entire process. You've sort of been one of the big storylines here in camp. Uh, can you take me back to before the draft? You find out about your heart. Uh, all the teams find out about that. I mean, what, what was your what was going through your mind at that point? Yeah, no, nah, it was hard. It was uh, really hard, was, you know. But I've I've been through uh, adversity before in my life, and I just told myself to keep going, you know. And when I found out about the hard stuff and the draft was coming up, I knew it might affect me, um, but. I said, no matter what happens, you know, just keep going, you know, just take it day by day. That's all we can do. And uh, I never lost faith. And I'm thankful that the Broncos took a chance on me. And like I said, I'm going to give them everything I got. What was that like that, you know, finding out at that point and then just sitting around the first couple of days of the draft? Yeah. Uh, well, first, first the sitting around a couple of days was brutal. I, I mean, like that was brutal. Like just sitting there, you know, you have friends, family, obviously, like just waiting to hear your name called. It's, it's weird, you know. It's a weird feeling, and you know, it got down to those like last rounds, and I was like, man, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, I'm probably not gonna get drafted. Um, but then when I finally did get that phone call, you know, I was with my mom at the time. We were on a walk because I got had to get away from the TV. <laughs> but uh, got that call, and uh, I just. Felt incredibly blessed and grateful, you know, like I, I told myself all I need is a shot, you know, and I'll make the most out of it. And that's that's that. And then what happened after that? Then you had to get your procedure then, huh? After that? <laughs> yeah. Then I had had three heart surgeries after that. Ended up missing rookie minicamp and uh, OTAs and all that stuff. And that was another hard process because, I mean, obviously rookie minicamp is when all the rookies come. You know, you're supposed to go out there and kind of show yourself. And I feel like I didn't get to do that, you know. Um, so, and, I, and on top of that, I was going through surgeries, so I had to recover from that. But uh, everybody here was supportive. They knew what I was going through, obviously, and uh, they just was like, when you're ready, you know, you'll be fine, you know, and just keep going, keep working hard, and that's what I did. Was it supposed to be three surgeries, or did, like, the first one not take the way it was supposed to, or how did that all work? Yeah, it, was, uh, it, was, it wasn't supposed to be three at all. Um, just wanted to go in there, kind of see the first one. Wanted to go in there and see like what was going on, see if they could fix it right there. Didn't work. The second time they went in there, they tried to fix it. Didn't work. So I was like, oh man, yeah. The third one I went in there, it kind of worked. And then like I'd normally say like three and a half, four, because like the same day I had to get another surgery. So like 
that day of my third surgery, I came out of surgery for like two hours or three hours and went back in again. And then I came back and then they fixed it. Yeah. Were you nervous that like maybe your career would be over at that point? Yeah. I mean, obviously those thoughts pop up always. Um, they were there. I, I don't know. I just was, you know, I left it up to the man upstairs and just like kept praying and I figured everything will be fine. And you know, when it comes down, whether I could play football again or whether I couldn't, but I mean, obviously, I'm out here doing what I love to do, and I couldn't be uh, couldn't be happier. Why do you think the Broncos took a chance on you, man? It seems like other teams maybe got scared off, but the Broncos, they were like, "No, we like this guy." I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. You're gonna have to ask the GM, you know, Coach Vic. You're gonna have to ask them why they took a chance on me, but um, I'm just happy that they did. And then uh, you come out here and you get some training, working out. You try to get caught up. I mean, how how was that process? Oh, that was hard. You know, just getting used to the altitude on top of my heart, like feeling like weird, like it just got operated on, obviously. So, you know, running was weird. I had to get adjusted to all the wind and the altitude here. But I am now and I feel great. I I feel better than I've ever felt before. I feel like I'm in good shape, feel strong, feel fast. And I'm in pretty good shape. Obviously, you saw there that that practice, man, was running around. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, more than 90 degrees and the sun's beating down on you, man, and you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, man. I like I said, I couldn't be happier, man. Uh, how are you see- – just a couple more for you here. How, how are you seeing things out there? I mean, is, is the game super fast or is it slowing down or where are you? Uh, I feel like it's slowing down for me. You know, I came into a new position. Obviously, I played a defensive end in uh, college with my hand in the dirt. Now I'm standing up playing outside linebacker. So that means I have to get used to dropping and have to get used to covering more as long as – seeing more things but the more and more I play it the more reps I do uh, and that's what the guys tell me just like the more experience the more reps I do the better I get and that's how I feel the more I'm out there covering the more I'm out there just playing football um, the better I feel in my position is it weird that Von Miller's like on the other side yeah I mean it's I mean honestly it's like it's like cool to play with all these guys like I, I, I was sitting watching these guys Von obviously like I mean, the GOAT, right? So, And then Bradley Chubb. I mean, like, I've been watching him when I was in high school, watching him in college. And then Malik Reed, seeing what he's done. Like, now I'm with those guys. And they and I couldn't ask for uh, better mentors for real. But does Vaughn ever do something where you're like, wait, how, how did you do that? Always. That's, 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 like, that's, that's why he got it. That's why his name is Vaughn Miller. <laughs> for real. Well, Jonathan, I really appreciate your time. Your story is awesome. And best of luck moving forward here, man. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. My thanks to uh, Jonathan Cooper for chatting after what was a very long practice under some afternoon heat, Eric. They've been practicing in the afternoon this week. You think that's the, like, get ready for, like, a game in Jacksonville or something like that? Get calloused. I mean, they've, the yeah. practices this week have been longer than the training camp practices, and it's a lot hotter out there. In the afternoon, yeah. yeah There's mean, got to be a reason. It's Toughness. Been- yeah, just I think he said getting on a regular season schedule, getting used to practicing in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, you're going to kick off in New York in the afternoon in Jacksonville at 1 p.m. You know, you want to get yeah. ready for that. Yeah, exactly. But Jonathan Cooper, what a story. I mean, uh, sitting around during the draft, a, a lot of players have that similar type of story. But for him, you know, just not knowing if he's ever going to be right, that, that must have been a tough weekend for him. Yeah, and, you know, I, I love these stories where – a guy is really good at football and also a really good guy. And Jonathan Cooper seems like that 100%. You know, sometimes these stories, they're like nice, but the guy's not any good at football. You know, he's not going to make the team or he's not going to make an impact. Jonathan Cooper could make an impact this year. I mean, he's... He kind of needs to, if you look at the way these pass rushers are set up, you know, Vaughn and Bradley Chubb, you don't expect Vaughn to be out there all three downs every single drive, you know. Uh, they're going to have to lean on guys like Malik Reed and probably Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, I mean, certainly a two, three sacks, maybe maybe four. I mean, that's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility for him. If he's, as a rotational guy, he's probably not playing a ton of snaps, so maybe 20 Per game, because uh, Vic Fangio says I want my starters to play ninety snaps, ninety percent of the snaps. So we'll, we'll have to see how that works out. But he, he's good enough when he gets his opportunity to make it happen. Like I sort of think back to with uh, Demarcus Ware, Von Miller, and then you had Shaq Barrett and Shane Ray too. There, yep. those guys all got in the mix. They all played a lot of football and made plays, uh, timely plays, really that season. And I, I sort of see a similar type of thing where Jonathan Cooper is going to have to play some football this year. Yeah, definitely. So uh, a cool story there. So thank you, uh, Jonathan Cooper, 
for spending some time there with us. Uh, Eric, let's talk about some of those seventh-round picks, some of those guys on the back end of the roster here that really this third preseason game – this is going to be their final opportunity because roster cut downs three days after that. This is their chance to really go out there and leave a lasting impression where they make that decision harder. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think you got to look at the wide receiver position and the cornerback position in particular. Uh, Trinity Benson, um, Seth Williams, Tyree Cleveland, Kendall Hinton are probably four guys competing for maybe, maybe one, one, spot. one spot, potentially two if they keep seven receivers, but... Uh, kind of unusual to do that. I believe they did it last year. Um, you got to show you can be good on special teams. I think that's the the clear thing from this week with Vic Fangio. Special teams was not good enough, uh, especially the coverage units tackling was not good enough. He's going to lean toward picking guys for this roster that can tackle. To me, that's an advantage for guys like uh, Tyree Cleveland, Seth Williams, bigger-bodied guys that can run down there, uh, make that hit, get somebody on the ground. And then at the cornerback position, Phil, you've got kind of your top five with Ojemudia, who's currently hurt. Sounds like that's going to go into the regular season. So maybe you, you keep a couple extra. Maybe you uh, keep him for one day and then put him on IR uh, next Wednesday or something like that. But Nate Hairston, Kerry uh, Vinson, those are a couple of the guys that probably are battling for that spot. It, one play, you know, you talk about what, what gets your attention. And Vic Fangio has said, it can't just be the, the splash plays, but an interception for a Kerry Vincent, uh, a touchdown catch for uh, a Seth Williams. That could be all the, the difference in finding a place on this team. And I think that, like, you think about those plays. Like, for me, like, the Seth Williams play where he caught that uh, off-schedule thing from Drew Locke there, he takes that ball, shows his athleticism, bursts down the field. That lasts in your memory a little bit where you're like, gosh, this guy could really be a playmaker. This guy can do things out there on the field. And I think if you make plays like that in preseason games, that's how you're going to really separate yourself. And Tyree Cleveland uh, – I was been expecting more from him, you know, uh, just haven't really seen those big plays out in training camp, haven't seen him in the games. He's been battling a little bit of an injury here, but when you're in this competition, you got to show what you can do here and Gosh, in my mind, it's going to be really hard to keep Trinity Benson off this roster after the preseason that he's had, after the training camp. You know, he's been making plays out there. How many times during our recap show did you say, gosh, the play of the day here was Bridgewater finding Trinity Benson for a long play? And, you know, he's had the touchdowns in the games. I know the special teams is going to be a big factor in that he doesn't really have that big body, but... He runs crisp routes. He's a smart player out there. He catches everything that comes his way. That is going to be a tough decision. It is. And, you know, Vic Fangio has talked about he's got to show up every single day, every single game. Can't have a practice where you, you don't, you know, play to your best just because you're up against it as one of these guys, former undrafted player, mm-hmm. trying to make a name for himself. I think he would still get through to the practice squad. Um, so that's a possibility. And, yeah, I just because of the special teams were at – at punt returner, which is what he would primarily do, I believe, you've got K.J. Hamler, Deontay Spencer, obviously the starter. Bryce Callahan can step in and catch punts. So I, I don't know even if he's on the roster how Trinity Benson is active on game day. And so at that point you might have to consider, hey, we need somebody who can run down the field and hit somebody. Might not be Trinity, but yeah, it just shows you how tough it is to make the roster as one of these back-end guys because you can do everything right and still not have a guaranteed spot. Yeah. It's, uh, when you think about the wide receivers right now, you think Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick, probably a Deontay Spencer, and then then you get into that spot where you're just not sure what's going to happen. So, yeah. and uh, one, one good thing for, for one player on this roster is you're probably not keeping three quarterbacks this year. And, yeah. So that's, so that's one good. extra spot. So somebody, whether it's a corner, an offensive lineman, a wide receiver – you might get a job because the Broncos are in all likelihood only going to keep two quarterbacks. The safety position is also uh, pretty interesting there because you got P.J. Locke, Caden Stearns has played really well, and then a draft pick in Jamar Johnson too. Yeah, and Trey Marshall, a guy that's Trey been Marshall around too. for a while. He's, he's injured right now, and I don't know if that's going to last into the regular season. But, yeah, you could see a guy like Jamar Johnson, who was drafted in the fifth round, get cut here, and because of his uh, draft status – he could be gone. He could be picked yeah. up by somebody else. Caden Stearns, I think, should be a lock to make this team. He's played really well. And P.J. Locke, not to double lock there, but he, I would go with Caden uh, Stearns and P.J. Locke as those two guys right now behind Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. They've earned it out on the field, and 
I mean, quite frankly, that, that COVID-19 10-day window where Jamar Johnson couldn't be here, that put him behind. Right. He just he hasn't been able to catch up. And the the thing about those two guys is they've played with a physical. Yeah. They've, they've brought that element, that, that uh, nastiness out there. I know that's something that really Vic Fangio values. So uh, they've been able to bring that to the table. And, you know, it's a little bit weird this preseason, not having that fourth game where the none of the starters play and you really have an opportunity as a back end of the roster type of guy to go and show out. Now we're talking about maybe a half you're going to have a chance there. So, like, you just got to make the most of uh, your opportunities. And the good thing for the Broncos is, these decisions are getting harder. That means that the roster is getting better and the depth is being built up. Well, and and now you're not convinced that if you let go of somebody that they're going to be around to go to your practice squad. That's good. You want to be one of those teams where you're sweating it out on that Wednesday seeing who claims your guys yep. because that means your roster is strong. And, Phil, we've seen the last couple of years, uh, maybe even the last three like maybe one or two guys total have been claimed. It's yeah. the Broncos roster has not been one that people are eager to to pick guys off of. So it, it looks like that's beginning to change. And probably no college free agents making this team. Yeah, at this point, I would be surprised. Um, Mac McCain come in and I thought had a decent chance. He missed some time. He could, you know, maybe he has a great game, but I, I would be I would be surprised. Adam Prentice is probably the the best shot at this point to make it a fullback but Andrew Beck of course has that versatility between fullback and tight end that means that it's probably going to be really hard for uh, Prentice to make the team I'm sure a couple of them will end up on the practice squad but you're right Phil I think it's what 16 of 17 years 17 of 18 it's probably about to be 16 of 18 instead of 16 of 17 exactly so uh, a couple of guys there to keep an eye on uh, for this uh, final preseason game also going to see von miller and Corlin Sutton for the first time so uh, this third preseason game probably worth watching (laughs) yeah i would say so i would those guys should play five plays and be out of there yeah that's what i would do Yeah, yeah i mean von miller does not need preseason in my no. in my opinion. So, um, also check out the Broncos post game show after the game. Could be nice. Yeah, we'll have all kinds of different uh, goodies in the show, highlights, analysis, interviews from right in the locker room. Locker room situation a little bit different this year. So, uh, team media allowed to go in there. So we'll we'll be able to provide We're the only ones some exclusive content there. Yep exclusive eric let's get to our favorite part of the show shout outs and voicemails that's right we got some good voicemails this week yeah there was a let's start with uh one guy who uh called when he maybe he wasn't supposed to oh hey guys i'm uh i'm not gonna say who it is because i'm supposed to be working right now and you never know if your boss is part of neutral zone nation but I was looking at NFL.com, and they just released a video titled Ranking All 32 Teams by Their Wide Receiver Rooms. Just wanted to let everyone know that the Broncos placed 22nd. Not sure how that happens. Uh, Clearly, this has got to be based on total yards or something, which, you know, obviously we could attribute to quarterback play. But where do you guys think we rank? Definitely not 22nd. I was shocked they weren't in the top five. You never know who's part of NZ Nation. Yeah, that sounded a lot like uh, Jeff Flanagan, but couldn't be him. We know him to be a stand-up guy, always working hard, always, yeah. uh, you know, busting his uh, butt on the clock. So he would not be listening to the show. S- certainly not calling in. Yeah, and calling in. No, but, but maybe some like people. Him. Some people could work and listen to the neutral zone. Yeah, like a nice little uh, have work, but enjoy it too. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we try. We try to get you through your day, yeah. get you through your commute, get you through your workout, get you through the work day. That's what we're here for. Yeah. What, what did you think about the question about the wide receivers? What was the question? <laughs> oh, you were listening. Careful. I just got lost after the boss. You said uh, the Broncos were rated like 20-something oh, in wide that's receiving right. yeah, yeah. I think That's low to me. That is low, but a lot of the talent on the Broncos roster is based off potential. Yep. You know, a lot of people to say, okay, Teddy, uh, Drew, uh, goodness gracious, Jerry Judy (laughs) uh, is set for a breakout year. He might be like a fantasy steal this year. Uh, Corlin Sutton coming back off the injury. Uh, KJ Hamler, hopefully his hamstrings, everything checks out there this season. I think there's just a lot of question marks, but they're definitely 
better than 22. Yeah. Well, you're right about the potential. Oh, did you actually knock on wood? Well, Is people, that, okay, people yeah, were like, yeah, you exactly. can't just say knock Good. on wood. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they were yeah. grumpy about that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> They're definitely better than you know the back third of the NFL. Right. They've got a lot of but, talent. But you're right. You, you have to prove it, and Cortland's coming off an injury. You don't know exactly what he'll be. Judy is... It's potential with Jerry yeah. Judy, with K.J. Hamler. Uh, Tim Patrick is a nice complimentary piece. Uh, but, but, yeah, you look at, I mean, some of these other the units. Titans, like, yeah. The Titans. The Cowboys. Exactly. I mean, the Cowboys. You got you got Amari Cooper. You got C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup. Like, that. that's a really good room. Even, like, I know Seattle, Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, Metcalf isn't, like, the best, maybe not the best duo in the league, but DK Metcalf is a, probably a better receiver than what anyone on this team has shown. And so, quarterback play pl- plays a lot into it too. I mean, you think Russell Wilson's throwing the little ball? DK Metcalf is a beast. To fit it in all these tiny windows, that makes the wide receivers look good. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Your guy Kenny Galladay out with the Giants. That's going to be tough week one, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny Galladay out there uh, playing with the Giants. Surprised that he changed teams this uh, this offseason, Eric? No, I, uh, you don't You're expect the Lions to franchise him. So, yeah, I think that might have been a little bit of a surprise. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it might have been, might have yeah. been a surprise, Eric. Many yeah. people missed that. Got to pay attention <laughs> to what's going on around the rest of the league. That's here. right. Uh, Eric, let's get to uh, another voicemail. This guy, he just wanted to be on the show. Yeah. I think we're starting to get that kind of magnetism where people want to be a part of this energy. They want a T-shirt. Yeah. Hi, my name is Anj Patel. I just want to say I'm a huge Broncos fan, and I kind of want to be on the neutral zone. So, yeah, and tell Jerry Judy he's my favorite Broncos player. Thanks. Hey, thanks for that that call there. Jerry Judy says, what's up? Yeah. He, he appreciated the shout-out there, and I just grabbed him when he was coming off the field. I was just like, hey. This guy. We got a big fan here calling into the neutral zone. Jerry Judy never misses an episode, so uh, you got your chance there to say what's up, and he says what's up back. That's right. Another guy who wanted a shout-out tweeted at me, at Eric Delal. You could tweet at you, too, at Phil Milani. He didn't, though, huh? No, not at you. Aiden Ortiz, shout-out here on the Neutral Zone. Thanks for listening. We also had one uh, caller who left a five-part voicemail. You know, yes. it, it kind of reminds me of that scene uh, in Swingers. You know, you probably never seen it. Phil, right. this is a family yeah, podcast. John Favreau calls on the phone, keeps getting cut off. Similar situation. Uh, we'll just play part of it here. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, this is Gregory Haynes. Um, I am known to you guys as the guy that uh, made the comment regarding uh, 50% of the, your fans uh, like your intro and the 50% uh, supposedly don't. Which I I can't believe that, but anyways, um, I'm that person. I wanted to leave a voicemail because I think you guys are great, and I wanted to, uh, you know, what's the word for it? Stand you up, uh, make sure you guys heard my voice regarding. Uh, you know, you know, you guys made those comments in regards to haters, and that's kind of the subject of my voicemail. We kept the intro. Yeah. You, you know, the my everything. Some people, it's not for everybody, but, but it's, it's for us. It's for us, and it's part of what makes the show a family. You know, right. NZ Nation understands, and maybe that saying will be on a T-shirt. It could be. So when it catches th- on and we make the T-shirt, then nobody will be doubting it. The, the rest of the voicemail, the unreleased portions, you know, kind yeah. of uh, – kept secret there they're in the archives yeah but you know he said that this he called said it was like a therapy session talked about what john elway meant to him it was emotional man i was i teared up a little bit you know i was in john elway's office the other day we did a little interview and um he's got a picture of john wayne up on his office and it says a man's got to do what a man's got to do yeah and underneath it said the duke I got a little emotional when yeah. just seeing that in there. Yeah, you I was broke like, down sobbing. Yes! <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, Eric, any other shout-outs here that you'd like to get to? Yeah, uh, wouldn't be a show without a Liz, parenthesis, Manus, parenthesis, Gerald shout-out. Yes. Doing some great community work. A lot of community. They had the uh, Lunch with a Legend oh, last nice. week. Steve, Steve Atwater, Dave off. Logan down at the stadium. A nice way to kick off, uh, kick off the... Uh, 
season, if you will. Uh, a lot of community partners down there, a lot of sponsorship stuff going on down there. Yeah, we're they be, make it possible. Yeah. I think we're going to be packaging some backpacks Jeez. next week for some uh, kids. Back packaging? Oh, it could be nice. <laughs> yeah. For some kids uh, who need them going back to school. That uh, I like that in particular. You know, We've talked yeah. about that before. When you're going to school, you want it can be difficult That's when you don't have... Yeah. You know what it takes to f- not only what you need, but like to fit in, and so th- I like that. Uh, that first effort. day, everybody comes back with a lot of cool, shiny things. Yeah, and if you if you don't have that, it's tough to fit in and just kind of feel confident. Yeah, you good know, for so. confidence. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So shout out to the Broncos community department. If you'd like to be a part of the show, listening, watching, there's a lot of different ways your voice could be heard. Just like uh, some of these voice mails that we just played here, seven oh seven neutral, Eric. That's right. Or leave an email, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Yeah, John Jornad emails all the time. Let us know where where were you last week. Yeah. We didn't play one. Jeff Flanagan. Jeff Flanagan. A different guy than who left that other. That was not. That was a different guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jeff Flanagan (laughs) left us a voicemail about uh, Brandon McManus hitting a field goal. Yeah. Jeff, we're not playing a voicemail about... Mid-game voicemail. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Jeff. About mid-game preseason field goals. Sorry. Yeah. We're not playing that. The McManus, sorry. Yeah. Maybe if he hits a game winner, we'll Maybe. play it. And yeah. you're just going crazy on the phone. Yeah. We'll play that. Yeah. Okay. We also, um, I think one more shout-out, Phil. Brandon from Iowa. That's true. I believe was at the Minnesota Vikings game. We didn't get a chance to say hello, but he tweeted at us. Thank shout you for, uh, for traveling out there, being loud for your Broncos. Yeah. There were a bunch of Broncos fans at both the first two In Seattle, yeah. Games. You said Teddy Bridgewater. He said, hey, you looked back behind him in the bench, saw a wave of orange. Yeah. Sea, sea of orange. Wait, Wave waves in the sea. in the sea of yeah, the orange. Of the ocean yeah. of orange. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, at Eric Dalala with an A on Twitter, at Phil Milani with a PH. Non traditional spellings there, of Eric. Of course. And uh, yeah, that's how you can get involved in the show. Or just leave a comment if you're watching here on YouTube. We'll be back next week after roster cutdowns. Uh, there's a little bit of a bye week here uh, before the regular season gets started. And uh, we'll look ahead to uh, what's coming up with this Broncos season, 2021 season, afoot. We'll never leave you again, Neutral Zone. That's going to do it for us, for Eric Dalala. I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.